Um, especially during the, the COVID surges, of course, we're, we're bursting at the seams with patients and needing to, we need to free up beds. We need to care for these, the sickest of the sick. Uh, and so telehealth has really allowed us in, in many cases to, to potentially decrease that length of stay that that patient is in the hospital for and or just never needing the hospital. Hi, I'm Patty Enrada with HIMSS and I'm with Sarah Brace, Manager of Transitional Care at Luminous Health and Vicki Huber, Chief Nursing Officer, Acute Care at Massimo. This is the fourth podcast in a series of five podcasts on hospital automation. There's no place like home, how hospital automation is elevating telehealth to bring the hospital to the home. Welcome, Sarah and Vicki. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So for today's podcast, we're going to explore the most pressing challenges of the post-COVID landscape and discover how hospital automation technology is the linchpin of an elevated telehealth platform that both patients and clinicians can depend on. So Sarah and Vicki, both of you have extensive backgrounds in nursing. Can you tell us from personal experience what your biggest challenges are when caring for patients day to day? So Sarah, can we start with you? Absolutely. Uh, You know, I think that this question has uh, several answers. You know, the first being uh, those high patient to to nurse ratios, um, that certainly patients are only getting sicker. Um, You know, our treatments are getting more advanced. So we're dealing with patients maybe 10 years ago that wouldn't have necessarily, you know, had these options of living longer and requiring all this care. The next piece is the waxing and waning of of the the pandemic that we're hopefully seeing our way out of. Um, That from day to day, you you didn't necessarily know what you were going to walk into, or maybe you did, and maybe that created a little anxiety. Uh, But I think really those those high ratios and the, the patient surges that we saw throughout the pandemic are probably the two biggest challenges that that I've encountered. Yes, and I think along with what Sarah has shared, from a nursing perspective, certainly, but also as a former CNO in the hospital setting for over 25 years, I think the, the challenges that nurses and clinicians have faced when caring for patients is really uh, synonymous with all hospitals. Everything from lack of resources, staffing shortages, volume increases, higher acuity of patients that are walking through hospitals doors, um, patient really expecting that experience, that touch, high touch with the clinicians, um, certainly expecting to be safe when they enter the hospital's door. And boy, COVID really, you know, challenged every hospital every everywhere. There is a big limitation with technology. That's another challenge. Um, maybe not enough technology or technology that is our old and, and archaic and not connected to the electronic me- medical record, making workflow uh, challenges and problems, difficulties for clinicians. These are all challenges that hospitals face. And I think with the innovation today of telehealth, being on the forefront and being launched through the the COVID, essentially putting that on a fast pace, that now has become a common theme or common thread for the way we're delivering healthcare now. Much more seamless, much, much easier, different care settings Um, So it's really going to help improve that access and confidence in hospitals. 
Great. Thanks so much, Vicki. You know, telehealth has been really great, you know, during this COVID-19, uh, you know, pandemic, but what do you think are the main limitations of telehealth as it stands today? And Vicki, can we start with you? Sure. I think in the past, telehealth wasn't widely used or accepted. I think there was a lot of skepticism and worry about, I'll take my experience, for example, in the hospital as an administrator, really worried about the infrastructure and the cost and how difficult it might be to set up something like telehealth. Uh, there weren't standard rules. We really worried about reimbursement. You know, were we going to get paid for monitoring patients this way? Uh, but now you fast forward to today and you look at these, this extraordinary tool that we have available or tools that we have available to us now with telehealth. And it's more convenient. It's easier to use. It's easier to set up and get initiated. Um, and so we have hospital grade technology, the same as what we would use in the hospital, that we can now use in other settings like the home and still have that security that we're, we're monitoring these patients continuously and very safely and getting the same results, if not better, improved outcomes. Vicki, really excellent points there. Um, just thinking about that infra infrastructure and payment models, I think we you know, going into COVID, there are certainly a lot of, you know, poor things happened during, during COVID, but telehealth was really one of those things that was fully accelerated throughout this time and, and um, just became acceptable, became our standard care. So I would say though, you know, to, to um, go back to, you know, what you were saying about security. So certainly offering patient security and providers, of course, security and, and taking care of patients wherever they may be. Um, but then there's that piece of data security where people are still uh, a little worried. Who's seeing my data? When are they seeing it? What are they doing with it? Are they selling it to someone? What's, what is this all about? So um, I think trust in that has has improved as use has increased. Uh, but I, I would say that that's still uh, a, a piece that's sort of over overhanging. Um, the other piece, uh, and in the area that we work in, have a, um, uh, we have a, a large aging population. So that technology piece, although um, I would say there's probably some folks in that population that are more tech savvy than I am, um, there are many that are not or who live in, potentially live in rural areas with more connectivity, uh, and we, we can't always rely on that. So um, I would, yeah, I would say that, that the data security and just um, the technology for it in general and connectivity are probably the main limitations that, that I'm seeing regularly. Great. So Sarah, how has COVID-19 accelerated the need for telehealth though? I, I would absolutely say that, um, especially during the, the COVID surges, of course, we're, we're bursting at the seams with patients and needing to, we need to free up beds. We need to care for these, the sickest of the sick. Uh, and so telehealth has really allowed us in, in many cases to, to potentially decrease that length of stay that that patient is uh, in the hospital for and or just never needing the hospital. Uh, you know, currently working with patients who um, are, 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 their COVID has been detected out in the community, offering them telehealth services to sort of work as an ED emergency department diversion tactic. 
that's become absolutely necessary so that we can take care of the sickest of the sick within our doors and then have those other patients cared for at home, which in some cases is probably better for them. Uh, you know, we've also had this need along the, that, that same vein of uh, reducing um, the, the amount of patients in the hospital, also reducing readmissions, because again, that just leads to uh, those, you know, a, a large amount of patients in the hospital. So telehealth has, has really helped us in those, those areas. We want to take care of the right patients at the right time in the right place. And, and telehealth makes that happen. I totally agree with you on that. So uh, this is a question for both of you, you know, and with COVID accelerating the need for it, do you see telehealth as a new norm in healthcare? And so Vicki, can you jump in on that? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, COVID really changed everything. It, it, it really launched, if you will, it became the springboard for telehealth. And I think patients and their patients, uh, patients and their families have really become accustomed to ex- almost expecting you know, to be able to see their doctor uh, virtually or to be able to um, be monitored now virtually in a new way and still remain in that comfort of their own home and the convenience of not having to drive into the doctor's office or go into, you know, a large hospital campus to get a procedure done. It's, it's just easier for them. So also knowing that there is visibility, visibility or eyes on the patient when you're monitoring a patient continuously from the home, that gives them the, the feeling of security, again, that they're safely being monitored. So that's, in my mind, that's bringing back high value care. And that's so important to a patient. So everything about telehealth is making this patient-centric. And I think you're going to hear more and more about that. Everything we do should be about the patient and for the patient. So it's improving that access to care. It's improving the timely intervention. If they're being monitored back at the main hospital, but, but, sitting, in their ho- but sitting in the comfort of their, their home and bed, knowing that those clinicians are going to immediately intervene. So telehealth, in my opinion, yes, it's here to stay. It will become the new, new norm. Absolutely. Vicki, I could not agree more. Uh, my, my answer to this question, you know, seeing this as a new norm is yes, 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 <laughs> exclamation point. This has to be the direction that we're going in. We, at this point, I don't feel like we have a choice. Um, and and, and I, I wouldn't want that to be construed as a negative thing. This is what we have to do to take care of patients. Um, we, you know, taking care of patients in their homes in, you know, they're in their own clothes, eating their own foods, walking around a place that they're familiar with, uh, you know, it, it, um, it makes sense. And when we think of the sequelae that can happen to a patient when they're in the hospital to be able to prevent that, we owe that to our patients. Now, um, all that to be said, there's certainly a time and a place for uh, an acute hospitalization to occur, but for many of these cases, caring for patients in their home is just, at this point, we are compelled um, as healthcare organizations delivering this type of care to, to work with telehealth in a way that works best for our patients. And thinking of, you know, our chronic conditions, um, you know, uh, 
the, you know, you're thinking of diabetes, you're thinking of COPD, you're thinking of congestive heart failure. Um, conditions oftentimes that merit hospitalization currently are in, in, in over the last decade or so. Well, what if we could take care of your congestive heart failure at home? And when you're in that acute episode, what if we could provide those therapies at home? And what if you felt comfortable and confident with that. And that's where we're at right now. And that's, uh, there's just so much good that's, that's really come from this. So um, back to my first point. Yes, yes, yes. This is, this is what we're doing. Great. Thanks so much, Sarah and Vicki. So Vicki, this is a question for you. You know, how about individual wellness? You know, can this new technology you've described benefit the everyday consumer who's looking to stay on top of their health? You know, this is something that a lot of people just you know, they, they, they think about personal health and wellness as a, almost a secondary thought that this is coming from a nurse um, who, you know, we, we, we as nurses, and I know there are a lot of us out there, we tend to take care of everybody else, but we sometimes forget about our own health and wellness. And I'm a, you know, perfect case example of that. And I now am on my soapbox and like to teach folks to remember, you have to take care of yourself first in order to take care of others. And personal story here, you know, I, I, I'm not old by any stretch of the imagination, but um, certainly while I was on a very fast paced work um, tour where I go and work, give lecture, speech, teach, and so forth, um, had an opportunity where I wasn't monitoring my blood pressure like I should have. And so I suffered a major stroke. And this was a little over a year ago, right before COVID hit. And I just sit and wonder what would have been different if I had been using, you know, a portable blood pressure machine and monitoring myself more carefully and, and watching that blood pressure because it was continuously rising. And that's what caused me to have a stroke, I had a major stroke. And so I, you know, I've obviously recovered but I am absolutely certain that telehealth and telehealth technology can and will be the way people will begin to pay attention to their health and well-being, and, and certainly put a lot more emphasis on being proactive about their health. I think that with tech, telehealth now, we have a great opportunity to work with primary care and partner as hospitals and primary care and technology companies and certainly get out there and find better ways to um, improve the overall health and well-being of patients. Great, wow, thanks. And Vicki, what a great story to, to share with us. So thank you for that. Uh, so my last question is to both of you, you know, beyond chronic care, what do you think is next for telehealth? And Sarah, maybe we start with you. I think, uh, what's next is this huge push for upstream management. And maybe, maybe you think that this is something that's already happening, but a true push for preventing chronic, some chronic conditions. Um, maybe this never, ha maybe your, you know, pre-diabetes never needs to become diabetes. Maybe, um, you know, there, there's, there, there are a lot of things, a lot of prevention measures where, um, telehealth can start, can, you know, sense those changes for patients, things that are happening at home, where we can intervene early, we can work on patterns, uh, you know, health patterns, and health literacy 
long before it becomes uh, something necessitating uh, an acute hospitalization. So I think this huge push for upstream management is is one piece. Um, and then I, I would say remote monitoring and, and bringing that into that post-acute space. So potentially after hospitalization um, in rehab and, and, and nursing homes, I think there's a, a huge opportunity really to, to introduce telehealth in those areas or um, not necessarily introduce, but uh, really kind of expand in, in those, those places. Um, so yeah, I think between upstream and upstream management and then that in the post-acute space, I think that's probably where we're really going to expand the most. Yes, I totally agree with everything Sarah just said. And, and I, you know, you think about the future and what does that future hold? I think there's also an opportunity perhaps in mental health. And when you think about what a, you know, just there's such a large population out there that are not served or underserved. And I think telehealth and virtual health will definitely help this patient population along with think about perhaps doing therapies uh, virtually. Therapies, like I just talked about for us from a stroke perspective, maybe speech therapy could be done virtually and even occupational and physical therapy. You know, if that, if you can be coached to do your therapies in the home, how convenient that would be for a, from a patient's perspective. I know certainly from a personal perspective, I can, I can speak to that. But I think there will also be, um, this, like I said before, this will become a patient expectation. And so the future is going to be one of partnerships where the insurer, and I'm talking about the, the payment now, the insurer or the payor may be partnering with organizations who have a very robust telehealth program in place um, because they want to make sure that their member, um, their, their patient that they're sending to that organization is fully covered and, and has that access to care. I think that um, the future trend for devices what we're going to see in terms of the monitoring devices, these devices will become more portable. They'll be lighter weight, maybe even voice activated. Wouldn't that be interesting? Um, you talked about the, the um, you know, the patient not having to be very tech savvy. And that's so true now because they're pretty intuitive and easy to use. But imagine if you can just talk to your device and turn it on. Um, so there's, I think there's just loads of opportunity here and the future is very bright. Great. Um, thank you, Sarah and Vicki. And just a couple of things that bubbled up to the surface for me. Um, it just really this excitement of what telehealth, you know, can be for the future. We certainly leaned on telehealth to get us through the, the pandemic of just connecting, you know, the patients who needed to be connected with their providers, especially the ones who were afraid to come in, you know, to come into the hospital. Um, I think, you know, the thing that both of you said is, um, you know, a couple of things Sarah said about, you know, pushing upstream management now that we're looking at telehealth, not just as a stopgap, because you couldn't go into the hospital, but as, you know, preventive care, you know, upstream management, um, uh, you know, we all know that we go to the doctor when something's wrong, but, you know, to Vicki's point, you know, you're, you're home most, uh, most of the time or out and about, not in the hospital or the doctor's office. So telehealth has that you know, the potential to, to sort of monitor us when we're not in the hospital. So, you know, if there is something that happens, you know, then, then we, 
you know, we elevate it to the next step, but telehealth has that potential for that, um, along with remote patient monitoring, being able to monitor us. Um, the other thing that, uh, that I think was really important was the ecosystem has changed. Uh, that now we're looking at a true collaboration and a true partnership, um, as you know, Vicky was saying with with the payers, uh, and I think Sarah also mentioned, you know, the primary care, the the rest of the care team, um, but also the healthcare IT companies that are partners, you know, true partners in this as well. So it's a large ecosystem, and we're all focusing on the patient. So you know, telehealth should be very patient, you know, centered, and I think that's what we're all you know focusing on. So um, Vicky and Sarah, any last words? Um, to add on to what I said. No, I think you summarized it quite well. And it's just very exciting time, I think, for healthcare. Absolutely. This, I, I couldn't agree more. This is, uh, you know, COVID was uh, uh, a really uh, dark time for, for many of us in healthcare, but we're, we're on, we're on our, our way through this. And we have, we're armed with so much more than we had going into this. The resilience it just has been absolutely incredible. So I'm really encouraged and looking forward to, to what the future has in store for us. Great. Um, thank you so much for your time, Sarah and Vicki.